2: This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: Welcome in to a love-filled, soothing edition of Fantasy Baseball Today here on Valentine's Day. I am Frank Stample, joined by a returning Scott White and, of course, Chris Towers. Today on the podcast, you guessed it, we're talking about the players we love—one hitter and one pitcher for each of us. Plus, we have some of your emails to read later on in the podcast. What is going on, Scotty? We missed you. How's the voice?
3: I think it's sounding better. Oh yeah. Now, full disclosure: We're actually recording this on Friday, so I, I'm not—I I haven't had a whole weekend's rest. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it—it it, it sounds perfect the next time you hear me but we're clearly trending the right direction and ready to spread some love Frank.
0: That's right. We're going to spread some love on today's podcast. We're going to have some fun, talk about those uh players we're targeting in fantasy baseball this season and yeah, hopefully by my next week Scotty, voice is good to go and we'll get back on track here with our position previews. What's up Chris? Where does Valentine's Day rank on the holiday scale for you? It's not a holiday. <laughs> I guess you're right. We don't like, have- I
4: don't want to be like the the annoying cynic, but like it was invented to sell greeting cards and chocolate. Like, you know, just you you love people all year round. Boo. you don't need like a special day dedicated to saying I love you. You can just say it whenever. I love you guys. It's fine. There's no reason we have to say it on the fourteenth day of February. You know? Wow. 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 And also like who wants to go out on Valentine's Day? It's like the worst day of the year to try to go to a restaurant because it's impossible to get in any place. Everything's overpriced. It's it's whatever. My wife no, and I usually order Chinese food and watch Shaun of the Dead. That's our uh, <laughs> that's been our Valentine's Day tradition
3: in the past. No one says you have to go out, Chris. I know but that's, there are many that's, fine things to do. In- there's
4: so much pressure around it, and it's just like more like Valen Lames Day.
0: Mm, yeah, Valentine's uh, Day. Probably. All right. Well, mm. uh, Scott, do you have a more somebody, optimistic? <laughs> somebody
3: stand you up, Chris. Come on. <laughs> no. Uh, what were you asking me, Frank?
0: I was going to ask if you have a more optimistic take on Valentine's Day. I may or may not agree with Chris, but I probably wouldn't have intimated it here on the podcast. But it's fine.
3: That's <laughs> whatever. Whatever. No, whatever. no it's, this is fine. It's this cool. Is good. It's, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. You know.
0: Nothing crazy. Nothing like crazy.
3: I, said, like, I, I think I think I think people are going to enjoy this. What we have.
4: I'm here for any day where it is socially acceptable to eat more candy. So that is, in fair. that regard, I do like Valentine's Day. It's but been like, referred to as pink Halloween. As far as <laughs> Holid, like Halloween among the fake holidays, Halloween is vastly superior. Oh Valentine's yeah, day. yeah. It's fun for everyone. I, I mean, to what Unless degree you're it,
3: spooked. is any holiday not fake? Not contrived.
4: I mean, but like at least like other holidays are are ostensibly about a thing that happened or like people who we are honoring. Okay, Valentine's Day is just love. You yeah, just love, like like it's the it's just the idea that like um, we're supposed to like concentrate our love for one day. Like, come on, it's
0: silly. Mm-hmm. I I probably should admit this on the podcast, but my parents still give me candy on Valentine's Day. So whatever, there it is. Make fun (laughs) of me, totally fine. They dropped off a nice little care package Uh filled with a bunch of Ferrero Rocher and... I love it. One of my favorite candies. I I still
4: get candy in my uh, Christmas stocking from my parents.
0: Same. It's just a a, a stocking filled with, you know, things that are probably going to be just terrible for my body, but that's, that's fine. Neither here nor there. Cue up the, the one person on YouTube who's going to put the time code in. Like they start talking fantasy at five minutes. All right, whatever. We're going to (laughs) get into it. Uh, hitters and pitchers that we love this upcoming season. I'll leave it up to you guys, whether you want to talk about your hitter or your pitcher first, Scotty, you are up. You are the returning man to the podcast. What would you like to go with first? A hitter uh, or a pitcher that you Well, love?
3: first, Frank, I'd like to take you on a trip down memory lane. <laughs> Some names here you may recognize. Jed Lowry, Lucas Duda, Brad Miller, Rougnet Odor, and just last year, Brian Hayes. This <laughs> is a list of lovers past who all took a turn tearing my heart in two so while i'd like to believe in true love and having eyes for only one the one you might even say when we reach this time of year so amorous when cupid that gremlin of eros (laughs) is shooting his arrows i can't help but get the wandering eye so We'll see when called upon if I can contain my love or if it leaks like the blood from my whole ridden heart. I'm going to start with a hitter. I just have to, was that
4: a poem that you wrote? It sounds Uh, like it.
0: And it was pretty dead. I may or may not have been reading
4: that. It had like an iambic pentameter feel to it.
3: I'm going to begin with a hitter. A hitter by the name of Salvador Perez. I love him for the man he is, and I love him for the man he's going to be. The man he is, of course, is the record holder for home runs by a catcher in a single season, setting that record last year with 48, 48, which tied for the major league lead. He also led the majors in RBI. Only one other catcher has done that home runs in RBI in the same year, and that catcher is Many called the greatest catcher ever, Johnny Ben. She did it twice. So historic performance, no matter how you look at it. I don't need him to. I, I, he, he doesn't need to make history again to win my love. That that was the grand gesture. We don't need, we don't need grand gestures anymore, Salvador Perez. We just need you to do your thing. And what people sometimes overlook is that. He did his thing in 2020 as well. It was a short season. People were quick to dismiss it all. Oh, Salvador Perez, we know who he is. He's not, he's not really that amazing hitter. We saw that, that, that pandemic-shortened season. But no, he proved last year he was. So two years in a row, he's been far and away the best player at the position where everybody... At that, that position everybody struggles to fill with anything halfway decent. You know, he he, he just – I've said it before. He just gets to two-thirds of last year's home run and RBI total. He's probably still a distant number one at the catcher position. It's the biggest single advantage you could give yourself at any position. And, well, I'd like to say I'd take him whenever. I can say I'll take him anytime, literally anytime, no matter what else is going on. In round four. All right. And that is, go ahead. I can't stop there though, Frank. I've told you about this wandering eye of mine. (laughs) I've had my share of lean and mean. I want to make a run at a real beef kick now. And Kyle Schwarber is certainly that. He tends to get passed over for his checkered history, but I see only potential in him. Frank, last year, not a lot of people know this. Kyle Schorber, his 32 home runs, he came in less than 400 at bats. All right. He, He was on pace for closer to 50 home runs. His point per game production was as good as Teoscar Hernandez's. He was amazing. He made some changes to his stance with Kevin Long while he was still with the Nationals, got back to what what he did, got back to what he was doing more early in his career, back in college and whatnot. Getting into his legs more. You know how I feel about those legs, Frank. And uh, and we saw You've what happened.
4: I've always known you're a leg guy.
3: I, of course I am. So you can have your Giancarlo Stanton with his dashing good looks and his GQ physique. Pretty but ever so fragile. You can have your sympathetic warrior Mitch Haniger with, well, I'm not going to say what he comes with. Schwarber has what they have where it matters. And I dare say he has even more.
0: Fantastic job. A-plus by Scott. And uh, now I just feel awful about what I've prepared because it's not nearly as good as that. So shout out to Scotty. I thought you were going to break out in like Michael Caine voice at some point uh, throughout the course No. <laughs>
3: No, this is this is No, not.
4: he's got this he he's got his husky uh uh smelly cat's voice
3: going yes, right now. That, that is what my wife calls it. She says <laughs> it's <laughs> my sexy Phoebe voice, which I'm not sure how to interpret that, but it's from yeah, a famous no, this, this is not Friends from episode. Michael Kane, Frank. This is from me. This is straight from the heart. So I appreciate it. Yes.
0: I appreciate it. Kyle Schwarber is a good one. We have not talked about Kyle Schwarber. We did our catcher preview recently, and we obviously talked at length about Salvador Perez. So I'm not sure that there's anything else to add on him. We did a mock draft earlier this week where Scotty did exactly what he said he would do. Fourth round, Salvador Perez available, jumps on him, regardless of format. That was a head-to-head points mock draft that we did. Uh, But Kyle Schwarber, last year, 266 batting average, 32 home runs, 76 runs scored, 71 RBI, and only hundred. In 13 games his isolated power that is slugging percentage minus batting average was 288 among batters with at least 450 plate appearances that ranked sixth in all of baseball behind only otani fernando tatis bryce harper joey Votto, and vladimir guerrero the question is how much are we buying these adjustments and the player that we saw last year uh, in kyle schwarber and chris you have the pleasure of answering that question now. The ADP, uh, not really getting a lot of credit for for what Schwarber did last year. One twenty one point eight. He's the thirty sixth outfielder off the board, going just behind names like Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Meadows. What do you think of the price tag for Kyle Schwarber?
4: I think it's fine, and um, it's Scott in in his lovely breakdown mentioned that. The Rockies are purportedly interested in Kyle Schwarber? Oh, no, I did
3: not. But if there's mm. anything that can get my heart to go pitter-patter, it's a man in purple.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam Hilliard, Connor Joe, the list goes on and on. Um, yeah, I think Kyle Schwarber's really good. You know, obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs, but over the past four seasons, you've basically got... 823 OPS, 871, 701, 928. Clearly, 928, a bit of an outlier. 701, even more of an outlier. And you can say, well, OPS isn't a fantasy category. And, you know,
3: he hits 250 to 238
4: in three of those four or two he of those four that. years. Who
3: says OPS isn't a fantasy category? Show me. Someone said category. it to me on Twitter the other day.
4: And oh. I was talking about Catel Marte, which is uh, very I'll rude. <clears throat> but you know, he's got monstrous power, batting average. Often an issue for him. That's going to be the case. But if he did end up signing in course Field, that would be slightly less of a problem for him. And I think we could see a, I mean, 280, 275, 40 homer season. Like, that's not out of the question playing oh. if he played half his games in course Field.
3: So. I think over 40. I think Possibly. that's that's what mainly, forget OPS, what attracts me to him are the taters his ability to mash taters. Uh, like, seriously, like, home run, that's the category. that That's thats what I'm really trying not to sell short this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And Schwarber is, is one of those fulcrum players for me. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about
4: on uh, Friday's podcast. Friday's podcast, yes. Um, you need, what, 26 home runs per lineup spot to have finished in first place last season, I believe was the number sounds about right. He's one of those guys who can help you make up ground when you're, you know, your catcher ine- inevitably hits 12 or, you know, your your stolen base sorts hits 8. Um Kyle is definitely one of those guys who could potentially help you out with that. So, I think there are, yeah, there's a lot to like about him. I don't know if I necessarily love him, but I also think his price is being deflated right now because he doesn't have a team and there's uncertainty around that, but like Kyle Schwarber's going to play. <laughs> it's not like it's always weird when a player's unsigned and it hurts their value. Because like, where is Kyle Schwarber going to play? Where he where signed? Where he doesn't play every day? It's not going to happen. There are fifteen new DH spots open. There are still teams that need outfielders. Like he's going to find a place to play.
3: I don't know if I love him either, Chris. My feelings get very confused this time of year. I know I love Salvador Perez, but I just can't get my mind off Schwarber. I just can't.
0: How much is that wandering eye. <laughs> how much does Scotty Love Schwarber? He has him ranked as his 24th outfielder uh, as of now. And uh, as I mentioned, he is 36th in ADP. So quite a bit ahead of ADP I, there.
4: I do have to point out one thing. What is it? Oh, if we're talking about love, I have to defend someone's honor. Uh-oh. Because Scott keeps saying, oh, it's the most home runs ever by a catcher. Salvador uh-huh.
3: Perez
4: only hit 31 home runs as a catcher last season. Oh, yes. all right? 17 is- of them came as a designated hitter. Javier Lopez, pride of Ponce, Puerto Rico, where my family's from. My, <laughs> my uncle went to high school with him. I met him as a child. My uh-huh. mother babysat him when he was uh-huh. a kid. Uh, he hit 42 home runs. In 2003. No, I know. That's I have, the real record.
3: I have strong feelings for Javi Lopez as well, of course. And, for sure. And shame. all the ladies I grew up with, they had amorous feelings for Javi Very Lopez. Very attractive guy. So, you know, I hear you. It's just clumsy to say the most home runs hit by a guy who primarily played catcher. And certainly I mean, not poetic.
4: I will also point out, Javier Lopez, 2003, 43 homers, 109 RBI, 328 average in 129 games. That a ridiculous season following season he hit 316 he had an 872 OPS he was really really good in 150 games only 23 homers 86 RBI 83 runs scored so you know there was significant um regression there and you know I'm not saying that will happen for Salvador Perez but generally speaking when a player's coming off that kind of outlier performance like Salvador Perez is which it was like a 50% uh, improvement in his overall uh Career high. Mm. There will probably be some regression. For that's sure. all I'm saying. It's it's nothing. I'm, against I also him. want to
3: say that was in 2003 when Javi Lopez set that record, and he was an impending free agent.
4: And there were but it was
3: 2003, and yeah. I saw the size of his biceps. Yeah, that's all I'm
0: saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, on Salvador Perez, we'll put a bow on him as well, even if he regresses, which again you should expect. 75 percent of last year's production: 36 homers, 90 RBI. He's going to do that with a batting average that most likely helps you as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he. there's room for regression and for him to still finish as the number one catcher. All of his power and, and um, just the numbers he put up last year are supported by StatCast data as well, for I, what it's worth.
3: I love I love how you know I was worried if, if this would be enough to fill the whole show. Oh, yeah. We're a quarter of the way into the show, and we've <laughs> talked about one player we love, technically.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> one player we love and one we lust. Uh, Chris, you're up. A hitter that you love this season.
4: Oh, we're going. Oh, I have to go with the hitter. You gave Scott the choice, but that's fine.
0: I, yeah, I, I
4: my hitter yeah. then, and I didn't want to go with my hitter first because it's going to be like the fourteenth time I've mentioned him in my last four podcast appearances. But that is a good sign that I really, truly do love Catal Marte. <laughs> I think he is arguably the most underrated hitter, not just in fantasy baseball but in baseball writ large. Catal Marte has been. Truly, truly excellent over the past three seasons. Obviously, 2020, not quite as good. It was actually a really, really bad season, but he was coming off, I believe he had a wrist injury in, in spring training and just never looked right. But if you just aggregate his last three seasons total, he's hitting three eighteen with a nine seventeen OPS. He's 162 game average, 98 runs, 28 home runs, 92 RBI, eight stolen bases. That would be, if not a first-round pick, if we were buying it at face level, it wouldn't be far off. He's getting dinged for injury concerns. He, he missed time uh, last season with two different hamstring injuries. That was obviously super frustrating. He got hurt on like the fifth game of the season. Um, but last season, he hit really, really well when he was healthy. It wasn't quite as good as 2019, but you'll take a 320 average, 25 homers, 85 runs, 85 RBI, which is basically what he was on pace for, and that's not—I don't think—the stealing. He's held back a little by the by the home park he plays, and Chase Field has become a pretty tough park for home runs because it is actually a very large park. And now that they have that humidor, it it seems to have hurt. Um, catal Marte's potential. His he's underperformed his ex home run, his expected home runs by ten over the past three seasons. He has. 48 home runs. He was expected to have hit 58, so that maybe, you know, makes it a little harder for him to hit 35 homers, which I think he has the skill set for. But it's also entirely possible he gets traded. And you look at the underlying numbers, and they are really, really good. You know, borderline elite as a hitter. 16 percent strikeout rate with top three percent max exit velo, 82nd percent. 82nd percent average exit velocity, 86% hard hit rate, uh, above average barrel rate, w- elite whiff rate, expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, expected Woba, all of the, all of the indicators for Cattell Marte over the past three seasons, but really 2019 and 2021, he's been a top 10% hitter by those underlying metrics, according to fa- uh, baseball savant. So top 10 percentile, sorry. Um, and you can get him at 82nd overall in NFCB, NFBC drafts right now on average. I think Catal Marte is an absolutely borderline elite fantasy player. I think he should be going ahead of Jose Altuve. I think he should be the number five second baseman in drafts. And I'm going to have just a, a metric ton of him.
0: All right. Speaking Mm. of those metrics, you mentioned a lot of them, Chris. And really, when we did our second base preview, he was the one that stood out above the rest that legitimately. Uh, he crushes the ball when, when he puts it in play, which is very often. He makes a lot of contact. So uh, I, I think that the power probably takes a little bit of a step back from where we saw in his breakout 2019. He's probably more of like a low to mid-20s home run guy, but even with that strong batting average, he's going to get on base, uh, and hopefully he's traded. I think overall that would help with his counting stats mm-hmm. quite a bit. Scott, what do you think of Chris's claim that he would take Cattell Marte over Jose Altuve? I know Altuve is someone that you like as well,
3: but probably don't mm. love. Yeah, he's a little short for me. So he's six one. Jose Altuve is five foot six. I was saying Altuve. That's why I'm <laughs> only in like with him and not out in love with him. Okay. Anyway. Um I I I get where Chris is coming from. But it's a lot of projection versus provenness. Disagree. I
4: guess. Strong disagree.
3: And and uh I I just I you know I I really don't have I feel I feel more secure with Jose Altuve. Now, now fortunately, you know, if if Jose Altuve is the one who goes first. So I can't I can still fall back on Catel Marte, and I find that I often do in drafts that Chris isn't a part of. Uh so you know. I, I'm I'm not trying to take Chris's man away from him, but when Chris isn't there, I sometimes can't help myself.
4: <laughs> no, I stand by my man, and just for the record, like what Altuve has on him is probably runs that's that's the big advantage. Jose Altuve's 162 game pace over the past three seasons is 121 runs, that is really, really, really good. Uh, but he's hit 40 points lower in batting average than Catal Marte. His 162 game pace and home runs basically identical to. 32 to 34. RBI, Catal Marte actually has the edge there. Stolen bases, he actually has the edge there. So it's basically like, I think they're pretty close, but also Catal Marte is 28 and Jose Altuve is 32. And I think Jose Altuve's injury history recently is more concerning than Marte's. Marte was, you know, strained hamstring that he then had another one a little later in the season, but he doesn't have that that like really worrisome knee injury that Jose Altuve was dealing with.
0: Do you actually, would you actually expect Catel Marte to hit more home runs than Jose Altuve? Because I don't.
4: No, no, I think it would be pretty close, but you know, the home parks that they play in play a big part in that. And I think Catel Marte has a lot more raw power, but Jose Altuve has optimized his swing for the park that he plays in. Catel Marte is a more of an all fields hitter into the outfield. You look at a spray chart and it's like really, really evenly distributed, which is a good sign of a good hitter, but not necessarily the best way to maximize your home run output.
0: All right. Well, I've got a player, I've got a hitter that I love, but I feel a little bit disingenuous about this player because I haven't wound up with him in any mock draft or any real draft that I've done yet. So do I actually love this player? I don't know. Let's find out. I think I'm more... It's an unrequited love.
4: Yeah. You've got a crush that you, you can't quite bring yourself to ask them out.
0: Yeah. Which and, I, can, I can relate. And, and that's what Valentine's Day is all about. you got to work up the courage to tell these people that you love them. Cody Bellinger. I love you, buddy. Uh, I think I love the value more than the actual player, the idea of Cody Bellinger. But the ADP is 88.3, and we're talking about someone that was being drafted inside of the top 20 picks last year when he was on my bust list, and now he's on my sleeper list. I think part of the reason why I don't wind up with him is Fantasy Pros has incorporated CBS ADP again. His ADP on CBS is 56, and it's much higher than oh. any other website. So obviously we do a lot of our drafts at CBS, it would make sense. Uh, and I, I feel like he's just being um, he's being drafted earlier than I'm seeing him go on other websites. So uh, I know,
3: the C- putting the CBS data in there really <laughs> screws things up, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> it does, but without that ADP, he's normally going around pick 100. Uh, last year was awful for Cody Bellinger. There's absolutely nothing that I can point to statistically that gives me hope for the future when it comes to Cody Bellinger. Maybe outside of his postseason, which I'll get to, but he played 95 games last year. He hit 165, 10 homers, a 542 OPS. He's playing through a calf injury, which he suffered early on. Don't think he was ever fully healthy coming back from the shoulder a shoulder surgery in the offseason. He did not play in spring spring training at all. So for all those reasons, I was worried about him as a second round pick. And we saw, I mean, just how low the floor can be based on those numbers. He finishes the 560 second overall player last year. That's the floor. We've also seen the ceiling back in 2019 when he won the MVP. He was the fifth overall player that year in fantasy baseball. He has been trending downward since then, the short in 2020 tinkering with his batting stance. You you won the MVP. Why are you changing things? We've talked about it. It's a very odd kind of thing that's going on with Cody Bellinger. I just think he was never healthy last year and I'm willing to uh, buy back in on someone who I still think has, MVP-ish upside. He probably won't ever get back to that level, but it would not surprise me. And I think where he's going in drafts, it's where you want to take that shot. You want to take a shot on upside around picks 90-100 in your drafts. The postseason, much better. Only 12 games. He had three fifty-three, one homer, five steals, a nine oh six OPS. Chris, I'm not sure that I have heard your thoughts on Cody Bellinger this offseason. A lot of the times it's Bellinger versus Christian Yelich. Which one do you want to take a shot on? Just Bellinger. What are your thoughts on him?
4: Well, one thing I would point out is the postseason 906 OPS when you hit 353, not actually that impressive because 706 of those 906 OPS points come from the batting average. So that means he, you know, either had an ISO of around 200 and didn't have a walk or had an ISO lower than 200 and walked a few times. So, you know, just to point that out, the, the 906 OPS, unless he hits 353 next season, in which he will probably win the National League MVP. 906 OPS doesn't really tell uh, a meaningful story there, even above the 12 games that he played. Um,
0: All right, just rip my heart out, Chris. It's fine. I think... Well, look, you asked me... (laughs) It's the day for it. You asked me what I
4: think, and you heard me be a big curmudgeon about Valentine's Day. That's true. So what did you expect? Frankly, this is on you.
0: Yeah, the ISO Um, was just 118 in the postseason, for what it's worth, so quite bad.
4: I... I think he's a fine bounce-back candidate. I think there there are a lot of reasons beyond, you know, there are a lot of reasons except for what he actually did last season to believe that he can bounce back. He's 26 years old. He was an elite prospect who played at an elite level in the majors. We've seen him, you know, make that big debut, suffer a setback, and then get better. So we've seen him make the adjustments already. And, you know, 2020... The, the the weird thing was 2020 he kept the strikeout rate low. He sustained the the breakout strikeout rate and he just couldn't, you know, get good results, but the underlying numbers weren't bad. They weren't as good, but they still suggested he should have been a well above average hit. Last season nothing was good. There was nothing like he wasn't even good on defense really. Like he was he was fine but he wasn't like the very good defender we've seen. He was an awful hitter, abysmal at everything. There was nothing he did well as a hitter. And so it's really, really hard to look at the numbers and say, well, you know, at least he did this well, which you can do with Christian Yelich. I know you didn't want the comp, but Christian Yelich at least hit the ball extremely hard last season. That is one thing about Christian Yelich games that has not changed despite the injuries and the underperformance. Bellinger doesn't even have that. Um, his max ex was below average last season. So it wasn't even like, oh, well, there was a sign. At least he rocked this one. It's a it's a leap of faith, which that's often what love is. You don't know if things are going to work out. Uh, you know, there's a there's a quote from uh, one of my favorite songwriters, Jason Isbell, where, where he says, you know, life always has an unhappy ending. And so, you know, that may be the case with Cody Bellinger.
3: Wow. But these are your influences, I understand. <laughs> it's taking a
4: leap of faith in a guy who has shown that elite potential and that elite performance. And I think that's a good thing to do when when the price is low enough.
0: Yeah. Can he just stay healthy, too? That's another factor. And Chris, one that I know you like quite a bit. For what it's worth, obviously, Scott Boris is Cody Bellinger's agent, and he says a bunch of crazy things every offseason. But here's what he had to say. Scott Boris do be saying things. He says a bunch (laughs) of crazy stuff. Uh, Here's what he had to say about Cody Bellinger. Quote, he was injured. To Cody's credit, he tried to play, and the Dodgers played him because he's a gold glove caliber player at two positions. He learned a great deal about himself last year. Says he will be back to full strength in the spring. Scotty. You mentioned someone you have the wandering eye for was Kyle Schwarber. Who would you rather have, Schwarbs or Belly?
3: Let me consult my rankings here. I don't need to consult Consult my your heart. I can just consult my heart. Exactly, Chris. Got Kyle Schwarber 24th. I got Bellinger, I believe, 30th. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot share those same feelings for him that you have, Frank, because... The, the 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 that beefcake I lust after is going twenty picks later.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I also have the Wandering Eye and a few players that I've mentioned recently, but I also considered for this exercise: Francisco Lindor, Yasmani Grandal, and Luis Arias, who we spoke about oh. quite a bit on this week's second. But, you know, you
3: got the Wandering. Like, I, I gotta say, when Adam Azer did this, Frank, it was very. Like the the the, it 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 was much more like monogamous, you know. Really, (laughs) you know, proven a proven way to have a fulfilling life, right? We 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 loved one person and we stuck, we stood by them, you know. But you're you're here promoting the era
4: of the nuclear family is gone, Frank. It's the Scott. It's the sixties. It's all uh, about free
3: love. Th- this is some real fall of the <laughs> Roman Republic type of uh, behavior pr- you're promoting here, Frank. And I, I, don't know that it's, I don't, I don't know that it's that, that that we're doing people a service, frankly.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, the player I love is Cody Bellinger, but just thought I would mention the ones that I considered. You're right, Scott. There's you're Nothing right. wrong with having a crush. I do. I have a few. All right, let's take a quick break before we do that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Baseball Today. You can watch this video. We have an awesome Valentine's Day-themed background here uh, on StreamYard where we're recording this, so you can watch it live. Well, not live, but you can watch it on demand. Uh, You can watch most of our other podcasts live uh, weeknights, usually around like 10 or 11 p.m. Eastern time, so subscribe if you haven't already. When we return, we'll talk about the pitchers we love here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: All right, Chris, you referenced that you had a picture that you wanted to talk about, and I didn't give you the opportunity to do so. So you will start us off here with the picture that you love.
4: I love Luis Castillo. I think people are whole, like, this is one of those things where what we, we do a lot, a lot in fantasy sports uh, across every sport, really, and it's, it's, a, it's a natural thing is when you love someone and they hurt you, you tend to hold it against them. Mm. You know, that, that's, that's a, it's a very human reaction. You trust mm. this person. You put yeah. a lot of faith in them, and yeah. they hurt you. And like, that, that makes it hurt worse. Lassa, right? you, you made yourself vulnerable, mm. and that that's hurts true. even more. And Luis Castillo, probably a little overrated at times in his fantasy career. People talked, you know, he was a top 10 pitcher going into last season. He was someone that people thought, you know, this guy is going to be the anchor of my team. And instead he was an anchor on your team for most of the first two months of the season, really uh, maybe a little longer. He was pretty bad. The thing was when you checked under the hood, he looked like the same guy, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like Luis Castillo was all of a sudden going about town and and seeing lots of people and, you know, he was just going through a rough patch. And we all do that. To err is to human, is human. To forgive? Well, that's just groovy, baby. That's a quote from something. I don't know what it's from.
0: Austin uh, Powers. Is it?
4: Yeah, there you go. I don't know if it's it <laughs> one movie franchise. <laughs> it doesn't even have um, Adam Sandler in it. <laughs> and when you look at Luis Castillo, you look under the hood. Strikeout rate was lower last season than it's been since 2018. 23.9% walk rate, 9.3%, a little up, but actually lower than 2019. Still elite, elite at managing quality of contact. 4.5% barrel rate allowed. That was right where it was in 2020. Uh, His changeup, still a very good pitch, got very good results. Whiff rate, a little down on that in the fastball, but overall, Not that concerning. Velocity wasn't down. Spin rate wasn't down. Arm angle didn't look any different. Basically, everything except the results for Luis Castillo looked right. And that's why I never gave up faith in him last season. And I was ultimately rewarded. What was that?
3: You never quit on him. No, I.
4: because you know what? You don't quit on life. You got to work through the hard parts. Not Life isn't easy. Life isn't a fairy tale. You know, this is... Every time, I've been married for, for 12 years now. Oh, here we go. And every time one of my <laughs> friends gets married, I always tell them, like, you know, don't don't get this fantasy in your head that it's just going to be all, you know, lollipops and roses. It's work. It's hard work to be in a relationship to love someone. You have to put in that work every day. You choose to love. You choose to love, exactly. And mm-hmm. Luis Castillo, as often happens when you love someone and you keep your faith in them he rewarded that love and that faith uh from june 1st on 22 starts 273 era 334 FIP, 144 strikeouts and 135.1 innings he was the guy we've grown to love and i think he will be that this year and he is cheap you know, he is a good player to draft right now so uh I don't have the ADP in front of me. So I, I, I
3: don't know if he'd appreciate you saying that about
4: 83.8. I hope you're not. People have him given up. Him. People have given up on Luis Castillo <laughs> and they shouldn't uh, because he should still be a top 20 starting pitcher, possibly uh, even top 15. Uh, mm. I love Luis Castillo.
0: Mm. Mm, I appreciate mm. the commitment to love there on Luis Castillo. You mentioned the NFBC ADP overall. On fan tracks, it is 68 right now. So still a sixth round pick. He is cheaper than he usually is. I would not call Luis Castillo cheap. Plus, that's just like a mean thing to say. You mentioned, Chris, that love is hard work. You know what else is hard work? Pitching in cold weather, which is why Luis Castillo got off to such an awful start last year. Apparently, uh, his agent tweeted at me on opening day confirming that Luis Castillo does not pitch well in cold weather. Um, I actually have Luis Castillo in my bus column. And here is why. The whip is going to crush you. 1.22 whip or higher in three of the last four seasons. Even last year, over those final four months, with a 2.73 ERA, he had a 1.20 whip. The swinging strike rate took a huge step back last year, and if you just look at his range of outcomes, this is where he's finished at starting pitcher the last four seasons. 62, 25, 14, 50. The upside is high-ish. The downside is also pretty low-ish for Luis Castillo. So I am a little bit more skeptical myself. And Scotty, you need to break the tie here. Where do we come out on Luis Castillo? More pessimist or more optimist? The love that Chris Towers has shown.
3: Well, who am I to stand in the way of love? I'll I'll just say that first of all. Uh, But I have any interest I may have had in Luis Castillo romantically is no more. (laughs) <laughs> is no more. He's, 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 look, he's still a good pitcher, right? I still have him in my top 25. But I, Chris even said it himself. I think what last year really brought home is that we've been overrating him all along. Because even from June 1st on, when he turned his season around 273 ERA from that point forward, he had a 1.2 whip. Uh, and Apparently, by the way,
4: you, don't, you don't love Frank enough to have listened to what he was saying just now. Ooh. Did you just say that, Frank?
0: <laughs> yes, I did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> did you mention the 9.6K per nine during that stretch?
0: I didn't mention that, but I mentioned the, also, the swinging strike rate was lower last year.
3: It is also not particularly impressive. But
0: no, you're right. I mean,
3: just look over the course of his career. Whips at or over 1.2 are the norm, not the exception. Now, maybe he can get the strikeouts back up. He he has done that before, but it, it doesn't look like a certainty. And really, if you just... Just a whip, just... You know, that's a that's a bad whip by today's standards. It it kind of makes me chuckle because when I first started doing this, like, a, a good whip was like 1.25 or better. You know, that's just how much the game has changed during that time, that now 1.2 whip, I think in the words of you, Frank, is it'll crush you. <laughs> uh, but, like... Uh, that's a that's a knock against him i mean that that kind of in and of itself prevents him from being a true ace you know he should deliver a respectable e r a the strikeout should be at least respectable and and he's fine as a number three in fantasy, but I don't really have any um any illusions of him being a number one anymore
0: I'm sorry chris that we that we
4: one point two oh with just for the record was about average for a pitcher. In fantasy last season. So, let's not overstate. A fantasy pitcher or a pitcher in general? A fantasy pitcher. Okay. Scott. All right. <laughs> attack it. the man I love. You know what? It's fine. It's how fine. Did you, you don't, feel to, you don't when, know when him like I do. You don't see him when you guys aren't around.
3: How he <laughs> treats me. <laughs> The Marlins tore you two apart. He could have been one of the, the, the stallions.
4: Don't even get me started on <laughs> the people the Marlins have taken away from me. For Fernando Rodney, Chris. Oh,
0: the bad geez. boy. Oh, man. Uh, well, if it's any consolation, Chris, obviously, the Marlins have a really no, good pitching thing. He, was the, was, Dan, Fernando he Rodney. was
3: the Dan Straley trade.
0: Yeah. Oof.
3: All okay, right. Luis Castillo is Dan Straley. Yeah, you're right.
0: Dan Straley, by the way, I believe he signed a minor league contract with... The, kind of interesting. The Diamondbacks? Yeah. It was with a team, and he's coming back from the KBO. So I'm kind of interested to see what Dan, Dan Straley has in his uh, second run here in the majors. Scotty!
3: Fernando Rodney was Chris Paddock. Yep. That is correct. What makes yeah. him feel any better. Yeah. Which maybe mm. it does now. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it pro- yeah, probably does. Uh, Scotty, uh, you're up,
3: man.
4: No, not really. Still still pretty bad.
3: <laughs> Scotty, a pitcher that you love. You know who I'm going to say. Charlie Morton. <sighs> oh, Charlie. So true, so reliable. Kind of guy who you can take home to mom. Charlie Morton last year, I I just, I feel the need to read off some numbers. 334 ERA. That's compared to a 332 XERA, a 331 XFIP, a 318 FIP. Just across the board, everybody says what he brought was real. And, uh, so does a track record, frankly. I mean, 2020, the ERA was a little high. He was dealing with some health issues early on. Definitely got things back on track as the season played out. Had a strong postseason while he was still with the Rays. But that's really the only blemish on his track record here in the last four years. ERA always in the low threes. Strikeout rate, uh, K per nine, always 10.5 or higher. Great ground ball pitcher, great bat misser. There's really nothing negative you can say about Charlie Morton, except you know he's a little past his prime. He's 38. You know, maybe maybe uh, maybe can't maybe can't quite keep up with the younger fellas in every regard, every respect. But but you know, still very very strong and capable. And and here's the thing. I would take him if 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 it was entirely up to me, I would take him in round four, probably. That's how that's how I've val- I mean, I guess I couldn't because I'm already taking Salvador Perez, right? But theoretically, I would take Charlie Morton in round four. I'm finding I don't have to. He makes it to round six or round seven. And how strange it is that no one seems to pursue him like I do, how he arouses no feelings of desire it fills me with longing for just a dash of danger yes age ain't nothing me. but a number Ugh. you know age
4: is an underrated you know experience maturity a 401k these are all underrated things to look for in a in a potential partner the only thing I wonder is, do I love Charlie Morton more than you do, Scott? I don't know. Where do you have him at starting pitcher?
0: I think this is the player that we all love together. We all have him ranked inside of our top 16 starting pitchers. I have him 14th.
4: Ah, you do love him slightly more than I do. I have him
3: 15. Nobody can love Charlie more than I do.
0: <laughs> His ADP right now is the 28th starting pitcher off the board. Yeah. And, and again, That's we all have him inside of our top 15 starting pitcher ranks, so... There the thing go.
4: is, if you take what he does over the last five years, really at face value, he's a number one starting pitcher. Really, the only exception was that 2020 season, which Scott already said was weird. But over the past five seasons, three three four ERA, three two five FIP, well over a strikeout per inning. I mean his his per season his per full season pace is 225 strikeouts. Very good WHIPs. It's just an anti age bias, and that's fine. You know what? You can ding someone who is 38 years old. I, uh, but at some point, you're doing too much dinging. Well, and you can never do too much dinging, Chris.
3: But <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> You know, I thought about going there, and I never expected Scott <laughs>
3: <laughs> It's It's a little talent. Anyway. Um, <laughs> nobody, the sun is still out, Scott. Max Scherzer is still old. is is old too, and we don't see people dinging him. Yeah,
4: uh, and I almost but actually I, went with Justin Verlander for my pitcher, who I love. So yeah, well, I almost, I'm,
3: I almost did. The wandering eye <laughs> looked his direction, but I just, and, uh, I, I had the glare of Kate Upton back on me, and I scurried on. Yeah, yeah. like Jose Barrios is going ahead of Charlie Morton.
4: Jose Barrios is fine, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. talk about a player we've spent half a decade overrating. It's jose he like that last year was the first time he was the pitcher we hoped he would be. He uh, is. and all of a sudden he's better than Charlie Morton, Frankie Montas, Dylan Cease is better than Charlie Morton. What? And what? NFC ADP, Dylan Cease is going around ahead of Charlie Morton. It I is mean, that's Alec Manoa. No, no. I can't even like, even from the like, oh, he's young and interesting. Like take the guy who's done it. Yeah. <laughs> like It's all these guys. Dylan Cease, Frankie Montas, Alec Manoa, Trevor Rogers are the four pitchers being drafted ahead of Charlie Morton and NFC, NFBC ADP. You're hoping any of those guys can do what Charlie Morton has done four of the past five seasons. Like he's been remarkably consistent for a guy his age. There, there it doesn't make any sense. I like all those guys fine. It does but do. there there's no reason to think that that you should be drafting Trevor Rogers ahead of
3: Charlie
0: Morton. It you know is what, egregious that those guys are going ahead of Charlie Morton.
3: Go ahead, Scott. I, I do I should mention Charlie Morton last we saw him, he broke his leg in the World Series. So it may not be entirely just age, but that you know that really shouldn't influence the thinking heading into the season. He should be fine. Um you know, he's I, I not think so old that we should
4: be worried about osteoporosis.
3: I think more what it is is, 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 is what I was getting at before I was interrupted and how, oh. you know, he's just a little too predictable. You, you, I, 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 I don't know about you, but when I see how people aren't clamoring for him, it, it does give me this longing for a dash of danger yes to mix things up with a ranger (laughs) ranger suarez is who i have the wandering eye for he possesses so many attractive qualities a ground ball rate that would rank first among qualifiers forget that fromber valdez and 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 logan webb would also rank ahead of him if they qualified that's not important the point is it is an elite ground ball rate, an elite ability to prevent damage. And usually when you have an, that ability is that good, it doesn't come with strikeout per inning kind of stuff the way it does for Suarez and, and also Logan Webb. I mean, they're, the, the two are coming off very similar showings. Uh, one... 36 ERA is what Ranger Suarez had last year and in his 12 starts it was 151 that is that is amazing and what what is lower
4: his 2021 ERA or his current ADP
3: his current ADP his current ADP hey. he's the 138th player off the board on average going around 142 pick 142 actually and I, I, I don't really – I know his best stretch at the end of last season when he started going six innings plus. I think he even had a complete game shutout in there. So he's been stretched out. He's been tested over a bigger workload like that. And I, I know it was against a lot of bad teams. But they were still major league teams who still do – are capable of doing damage on any given day. Often it gets better pitchers than than Suarez, you know. And before he got stretched out, he had some tougher matchups. I, I think he shut down the Dodgers for like four and a third innings or something uh, when he was still building up. Like and, and all the work in relief, where he was not giving up any runs either. So I, I no, I don't really think he can repeat a 136 ERA or even a 236 ERA. But if he gives you a 336 ERA at that price, you know, it's, it's going to be well worth it. Um, the, the
4: the reasons to be skeptical would be one. He's not a one pitch pitcher, but he throws his fastball 70% of the time. And you don't see a lot of guys succeed that way. Um, especially not when they're not mixing in like a cutter or something like Lance Lynn does. Um, and he really, really relied on elite quality of contact suppression in a small sample size. And that is the skill for pitchers that probably takes longest to stabilize. That's the one that yeah. you probably can't say. Like, you need, like, Luis Castillo has done it every single season of his career, even last season. Right. He wasn't all that good. No, I, uh, Kyle I agree. Kyle Hendricks has historically
3: done so, But it's that a in follicle. conjunction yeah. with the elite ground ball rate, I think, yeah. you know, that, that that you you could see how one would lead to the other. Yeah. No, it's...
4: At his price, and it's actually even cheaper on NFC. He's one seventy three point seven in ADP. Like, absolutely, take a take a flyer on Ranger Suarez.
0: Yeah, I'll so. admit that I've had trouble, you know, forming an opinion on Ranger Suarez. I, I, I see what he did last year, and you're right, Scott. I mean, you can only pitch against the 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 teams that you're lined to pitch. You're you're lined up against, and th- those final nine matchups: Diamondbacks, Rays, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Rockies. That game was in Philly. Cubs, Orioles. Pirates Marlins, so really strong matchups, but he dominated, and we've seen other pitchers in, in good matchups falter at times. so uh, he did a great job of that, but yeah, I think he's going to be polarizing. Uh, I think it could go a few different directions, but if you like him at his cost, you you should be investing in Ranger Suarez.
3: It does feel a little, Zach please Zacky. Ooh. It does. It does. And, and so, you know, I, I did have an affinity for Police Act last year, I'll admit. And you would think it would, it would turn me from those ways. Um, but, you know, I, I just – so when push comes to shove, I can't totally commit on Ranger Suarez. Okay. But I like to keep someone on the back burner, you know what I'm saying, just in case life's circumstances change. So what I'm going to do – I'm going to send him the B Valentine's package. Maybe not going all out with flowers <laughs> and whatnot, but, you know, like a, a thoughtful greeting card with a vague message inside. What does it mean?
4: Not God, a be mine heart, but it, uh,
3: thinking of you. It means whatever your imagination allows it to mean, Ranger. I can't say I love you. I can't do that to Charlie, but I got my eye on you, Ranger. So Scott, are, Scott. Scott. i eye. Scott's got SPs and different zip codes.
0: There you go. <laughs> I could have sworn, sworn twenty minutes ago Scott yelled at me about monogamy, and, and here he is. Well, sending... no, you brought
3: this out of me, Frank. Everybody has that animal instinct in them. It needs to be wow. contained by societal norms, and you've 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 allowed it to burst free.
4: All
0: right. Well, good thing my fiance does not listen to this podcast. I I'm gonna just, wrap. Up. I can
4: just hear. Uh, I can just see the 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 intro for Big Love playing every time Scott. Scott's talking here.
0: <laughs> uh, a pitcher I love. And honestly, Scott, I-, I thought this was going to be a pitcher that we loved entering the season. But unfortunately, you've turned your back on this guy that we had conjoined love for last season. And it is my man, Shane O'Mack.
2: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Talk. Here comes the money.
0: Shane McClanahan is awesome. A 3.43 ERA last season, a higher whip, Luis Castillo-esque. One might even say 1.27 was the whip over a strikeout per inning. The guy is electric. He throws upper 90s with a fastball. He has awesome secondary pitches as well. Has four different pitches he uses at least 8% of the time. That's Ranger Suarez uh, texting you back, Scott. So there you go. Make sure you answer them after this podcast. Well,
3: that yeah, that's those are the those are those people in different zip codes. Chris was talking about
0: <laughs> uh, Shane McClanahan. By the way, the swinging strike rate last year, elite fourteen point eight percent. That was tied for eighth among starting oh. pitchers with at least one hundred and twenty innings pitched last season. He is not a perfect pitcher. I realize that he uh, his fastball got hit very hard last year. Three oh eight batting average Crushed. against a five hundred slug. Kind of has this. Shane Bieber thing going on when Bieber first got called up, lived in the zone maybe a little bit too much, but I think the secondary pitches are great. They're good enough to the point where I think eventually everything will come together and they'll, you know, he he has to work on the pitch mix, no doubt about it. He's a young pitcher. He's got to figure some things out here, Uh, but I love Shane McClanahan. I love the stuff. He's a hype guy. He's someone a lot of people are projecting to break out, and I am one of those people. Scotty, why have you turned your back? on Shane O'Mac
3: you know how you you have an interest in somebody well we're all married so (laughs) back in the day you might have an interest in somebody you're not married Frank but you're getting there Um, almost and you you know but then you see so many people are interested in them and it's just like you know what it's not worth the trouble (laughs) It's not worth the trouble. And I'm, I'm not going to be got to compete with too many people. Stand out in that crowd. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about Shane McClanahan. It's just a little too. People are kind of giving him credit for m- m- things he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the, I, I, clearly brimming with potential and he could take a huge step forward, but he's also with the Rays. He also. Uh, a lot of questions about the workload. And you know, for as impressive as his arsenal is, he got hit really hard last year. That's really that's what people overlook. Um in, in terms of quality of contact. I mean, not in terms of results necessarily. So that you know, that's a I, I don't think it's gonna be an issue for him, but it does raise that alarm that it, it does. You know, there is, there is that red flag that, that causes me to hesitate where maybe others don't. Here's what, and you know, it's worth remembering when he got called up,
4: you know, there was no doubting the stuff. Prospect people have loved his stuff for a long time, but he's always been viewed as a potential reliever. In fact, the, you know, most of the reports that you would read before he got called up, you know a lot of them suggested that he's more likely to end up as a reliever than a starter. And then he got called up and we saw, well, actually he's got this really good four pitch mix. So why, why would he end up as a reliever? But the Rays, he averaged less than five innings per start last season and his fastball, especially Scott, Frank, you mentioned 308 batting average against 500 slug. That's really bad. It's bad. He was also extraordinarily lucky to have results that good with his fastball. His expected batting average allowed was 3.22. His expected slugging percentage was 5.73. Average exit velocity allowed on his fastball, 94.4 miles per hour with a 15-degree launch angle. His fastball basically turned every hitter he faced into Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last (laughs) season. Uh, Didn't even have that good of a whiff rate with it. Um, Obviously, as with Ranger Suarez, he's kind of the anti-Ranger Suarez. He's got four four pitches instead of, you know, effectively two and gets a lot of whiffs. He gets a lot of strikeouts, but he was among the worst pitchers in baseball in terms of suppressing quality of contact in 2021. And that's a thing that you should expect some significant regression from. He probably won't have a 424 expected WOBA on contact allowed, which was, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a worse starting pitcher so far in my 2022, uh, research. So that'll probably regress. The question is, can he regress to just plain bad or even slightly below average rather than, oh, oh my God, hide the children every time he gives up a piece of contact? That's the key. And um, it's a it's a pretty big question because his XERA last season was 460. But There is no doubting the talent. He is electric. You watch him pitch and he looks like the real deal. And so it could just be a question of refinement.
0: Yeah. And if there's any organization I would trust to refine a starting pitcher, it is Shane McClanahan. Look no further than his teammate, Tyler Glass now who they got back on track last year before he got hurt obviously and he was pitching like a top 10 top 5 starting pitcher so uh, at some point you just trust the stuff and I realized that the the draft cost is is higher than I would want it to be a lot of people are you know baking in that that breakout potential uh, with his ADP right around 100 but I've seen him go later than that if I can wind up with him as my SP3 in a deeper league or my SP4 which is what happened in our points league mock draft the other day then I'm perfectly fine uh, with with that when it comes to Shane McClanahan And I understand, like, Tampa Bay Rays, you might be worried about the workload. Last year, he pitched uh, 129 innings between the regular and the postseason. I I would say, you know, that normal innings jump like 20, 30 innings. So, like, 150, 160. Can we get there? They need him. Look at their rotation right now McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Corey Kluber, Ryan Yarbrough, Luis Patino. They need a horse, they need someone to, to be that guy at the front end of their rotation and I think McClanahan's going to be that guy. We saw a, a, a portion of the season last year from June through August where he threw six-plus innings in six of 11 starts. Yeah, not a great ratio, but uh, he's building up. He's, he's slowly building up, so I think that he will be better in that regard this upcoming season. Some, some good news. I If you
4: do a search for the worst expected well on contact in baseball, and you limit it to 250 plate appearances as the max, which is the, or the minimum, which is the highest you can go, baseball savant. He wasn't the worst pitcher in terms of expected bond contact. Look at that. He was only 14th worst out of 279 <laughs> pitchers. This is very concerning. Blake Snell was fifth worst with a 440 expected Woban contact allowed. And oh my God, Tarek Skubal, 455 expected bond contact, the very worst in baseball. Mm. I, I did not see that. Yeah, it is. Falling out of <laughs> love with him. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Shane McClannigan gives up more hard contact, uh, but he keeps the ball on the ground a little better. You know, 8.5 degree average launch angle. Tariq Scubal, 90.5 degree or mile per hour average exit velocity, 14.1 degree average launch angle. That is a a lot of line drives.
0: Yeah, a lot of similarities between those two, actually. I think Scubal has some pretty uh, nasty stuff as well, but he's just got to figure out how to put it all together. He does allow a ton of hard contact. And
4: for what it's worth, Jack Flaherty was actually right there with Shane McClanahan, yeah. In terms of expected well-bond contact allowed, that's that's certainly a little concerning.
0: Flaherty's another one. Not really sure what to make of him. I don't think that I like the the cost right now. Is like a his expected ERA the pick. last
4: two seasons is five hundred three and four hundred eighty nine.
0: All right. Well, Scott. No, remember, I don't love Jack Flaherty. <laughs> do not love Jack Flaherty. Remember that time that we, we thought we were going to get to mailbag questions and, and that we couldn't use a whole hour to talk about players. We love because, uh, uh, just last
4: night. Like, Oh, it's 45 minutes.
2: Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. yeah whatever. Uh, anyway, we had some fun. We, you know, some, some wandering eyes, some players, we some, love, some players we lost. Uh, but we're going to wrap it there for Scotty and Chris. I Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll be back again tomorrow.
4: Bye-bye.
2: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best